Hi, my name is Nikki. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed Crime Crime Stories, Stories. a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. I was going for a uh, dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. Yes. Yes. So, uh, Charlie, what is today's true crime headlines? There we go. Okay, so the first true—the first true crime headline that we have for this evening, I got from NBCNews.com, and it was published on January twenty second, twenty twenty one, and it states: "Body of missing Oklahoma woman Talena Galloway found in freezer in Arkansas. Roommate charged with murder." So a woman has been arrested and charged with the murder of her missing roommate. Her name is Talena Galloway, the deceased woman, not the person who's arrested. After the 53-year-old's dismembered remains were found in a freezer in Arkansas last week, the Wagoner County Sheriff's Office in Oklahoma announced on Friday. Authorities had been searching for Talena since April 17th, 2020. Yeah. So she had been missing from April to the following January. For a second, I thought your grunt was your tummy. Oh, and yeah, I was no. like, and then it took me a moment to realize that was a displeasurable grunt. It was a grunt of gross. So yeah, so how did they discover roommate, that? Um, they found a freezer like in the woods. What the? Yeah, the freezer was discovered by a witness so it wasn't plugged in. Correct. Um, at a press conference on Friday, Wagoner County Sheriff Chris Elliott said dismembered remains found in a freezer in a wooded area of Polk County, Arkansas last week had been identified as Talena Galloway. The manner of death was homicide, by the way. She didn't just crawl well, in yeah, there well, and yeah. lock it instead. I mean, dismembered and... Um, so yeah, so that is, uh, that's that story. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, my next true crime headline is from... AP or the Associated Press. Ooh.com. I know. I feel very official. When I have That's a what I was AP. about to say. AP always makes me feel very official. I feel very smart when I get a story from the AP. Man injures eight with axe in Sweden before being shot and arrested. I thought Swedish people were so nice. I think you're. No. Well, I mean, I they might be. Who's the people who are like, well, this is the happy. Norway. Norwegian Norway. Totally they're nice. the people okay. that like put you in jail, but then they're like, you can take the weekend off. All right. So <laughs> in Stockholm, Sweden, a man with an axe attacked and injured eight people in a Jeez. southern Swedish town Wednesday before being shot and arrested, please say. Prime Minister Stefan Löfven said a possible terrorist motive. <laughs> Sorry. Said a possible terrorist motive was being investigated. So anyway. Yeah. So those were your true crime headlines for this week. I'm going to go ahead and uh, take a sip of my wine, and I'm going to turn it over to Nikki, who is going to tell us her bed crime story tale. All right, Nikki. Evening. Nikki's going to go around the room. Jovi or or Charlie, have you heard of Bianca Devins? Absolutely not. No. Nope. Okay. Cool. Yay. Okay. So today I'm doing the story of Bianca Devins. Um, I today my sources are Rolling Stone and Wikipedia. Um, a majority of my information is from Rolling Stone, and the person who wrote this article is E.J. Dickinson. I've cut a lot out. Okay. And there's a lot here. Okay. So there's still a lot more online. Uh huh. Um, but she just did. She did a really great job. Okay. 
So Kim Devins, uh, Bianca's mom, got pregnant with Bianca when she was only 17 years old. And uh, she was dating her ex, uh, Mike, for a few months. So when Kim found out she was pregnant, she was terrified. But there was never any question as to whether she would uh, continue with the pregnancy. She said, my mom always said she knew she wanted to be a mom. And it's all she ever wanted to do. And I always felt that way, too. So Bianca was born October uh, 2nd, 2001 in Utica. Yeah. Looking at everybody from what? New Jersey? Got that right? Okay. And upstate uh, New York City, about an hour east of Syracuse. Yeah! Yay! Look at me. Done a little bit better this week. So Olivia, or Liv, Bianca's younger sister, was born two years later. Uh, Bianca adored her younger sister and was highly protective over her. Kim says that even while she was pregnant with Liv, Bianca would proudly show off the sonogram of her, her sissy. So, yeah. I call my sister sissy. It's so cute. Mm -hmm. That's what I, I mean, that's what I tell my dogs. Like, I'll be like, go be nice to your sissy. Mm -hmm. But they don't, they don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I hope that they do. My sister's 40, so she gets it. My dogs. (laughs) They don't. Yeah. I got it. I got it. So, um, her parents had separated in 2010. Um, So, we're going to go over the mental health of Bianca. Mm. Um, because it kind of, it kind of sets up who she is. Okay. And then why, I mean, a murder is already very tragic, but even more so. Gotcha. After this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so according to Kim, Bianca's struggles with mental illness began when she entered middle school at Notre Dame Junior slash Senior High School. Um, So although Bianca had experienced uh, separation anxiety in third grade, she had, um, she basically was extroverted and she was very popular until she reached like her adolescence. Um, So at which point her mom said that she basically lost interest in everything. Though Bianca would open up to a select few who shared her love of anime, drawing, or Jap's Japanese virtual singing app, which I've never heard of this, Vocaloid? No. I've never heard of that. No. Um, so most people who knew her in middle and high school viewed her as shy and anxious. Uh, Kim says she took Bianca to a series of therapists, most of whom were unable to help her. Mm-hmm. In ninth grade, Bianca transferred to Thomas R. Proctor High School, a public school with more than 2,700 students. Because her family um, could no longer afford Notre Dame's tuition after the divorce. So despite her striking appearance in 5'10 frame at Proctor, Bianca was not known as one of the popular girls. She wasn't the 5'4 tan Italian dark hair to her butt pretty. Whatever. <laughs> I saw. I yeah, saw I how. <laughs> Wait, I was going to say, were um, you blonde? Charlie and Charlie had bleach blonde hair, yeah. but I was also tan Italian, five four, and had. A you looked adorable, like mm. those long nails. With my giant no, long nails. Oh I saw those. Pi- I saw those pictures. I was such a Guido. I loved it. I thought I was so cool. I but was I like will- such a typical Jersey teen, like gym tan laundry all day. When I read this, it made me laugh because I was like. <laughs> I can't wait to tell this to Charlie. Charlie's going to laugh. So basically, she said, you know, it was the standard in upstate New York. So, um, which was her friend May, who was saying this, who was like a local photographer who like mentored her. Mm -hmm. So one person who felt otherwise was uh, Derek Ward. So Ward and Bianca started dating their freshman year. He said, I could tell her anything. And she was probably the best therapist I ever had. Um, as their relationship progressed, they also bonded over their chaotic family lives. So 
So those in uh, Utica who knew um, Bianca said that she was a supportive and kind-hearted friend, but they also described her uh, behavior as, like, erratic at times. So some of her mild, like, eccentric, even charming, and could be, um, like, some of her quirks were basically, like, kind of put off as, like, being, like, a teenager. Okay. But they said, um, such as the fondness of cutting off all, all her hair and dying it on a whim, which I was, like, when I was a teenager, I would cut and dye my hair all the time. Mm. It just, it's how you express yourself. Mm-hmm. Or running around Walmart with a lampshade on her head. So some of it, however, was concerning. Bianca's friends uh, tell Rolling Stone she had a tendency to lie about minor details of her life, explaining to one high school friend that she was Jewish and on the uh, um, autism spectrum, or according to an ex-boyfriend, claiming that she was of Cuban and Asian descent. So Ward's friend Devin Barnes said that Bianca had become paranoid about uh, Ward talking to other girls and that Ward and Bianca would frequently fight. Their relationship ended abruptly, um, when she cut off all contact with him, ghosting him and their friends without explanation and disappearing for school for weeks at a time. So it says such behavior is consistent with borderline personality disorder. Yeah, that sounds about right. So an illness characterized by emotional instability, negative self-image, impulsive behavior, and fear of abandonment. While Bianca wouldn't be officially diagnosed with uh, borderline uh, personality disorder until 2018, Kim says by high school, her mental illness had reached the point that she was no longer willing to leave the house. Around that time, a therapist diagnosed Bianca with post-traumatic stress disorder, and she was triggered by loud noises and shouting. Her mom said by the time she was ready to go to school, she'd have a panic and say, I can't do it, or she'd end up in the nurse's office and have to come home. Hmm. So in 2017, uh, midway through Bianca's sophomore year, Kim decided to uh, enroll her in homebound uh, tutoring program. Mm. So stuck at home all day, Bianca began to further retreat into her online world. So on Tumblr, she crafted elaborate identities for herself, which varied widely in terms of race, ethnicity, and gender. Hmm. Um, these identities, it seems, were part of a teenage girl, like, I guess her experimenting. Like her fantasy world. Yeah. Yeah. So um, basically putting uh, up safeguards against, like, harassment. And, like, part, like, a a self-marketing tool. Mm -hmm. So it said she'd always create a persona that would best suit who she's talking to or the community she's talking to um, that would keep them interested, said young uh, Shim. It said one of Bianca's longtime online acquaintances. Mm. But the persona that ended up getting the most attention was the one that was very similar to who Bianca really was. Hmm. A sweet, shy, nerdy girl who was young, beautiful, and very, very sad. Hmm. So when reports of Bianca's murder uh, began to emerge, the media referred to her as an Instagram celebrity, which was largely incorrect. Uh, Bianca only had about 2,000 followers, which um, is basically far from a huge following on Instagram. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Said there- Especially, like, by today's influencer standards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you gotta have at least, like... 10,000? Oh, I was thinking, like, 25 is, like, the... Mm-hmm. Like, you're sitting good at 25. Yeah. Get anything more so than then 25. you're gonna start getting sponsorships. That's when you're gonna start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get that that twenty five. Mm-hmm. But um, okay, so there was, however, one community where she did achieve some degree of like no notoriety, okay. which was 4chan. So it says the anonymous image board community. Mm-hmm. That look on your face. So, Dark place of the internet, I'm telling let you. Let me apologize, because some of these things I don't understand. 
what they mean because it's like backslashes and like some words. Mm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to do the best that I can because I don't understand 4chan. Not not anything against it. I just don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um but I just kind of left this in here because I was like I don't understand it, but it kind of explains what it is. So it says today uh, 4chan is widely known as a far right like extreme extremism. Yeah. Um <clears throat> but this perceived largely stemmed from backslash pol backslash what does that mean poll i'm just gonna start calling it poll sure yeah like politics i guess it's like a board so it said the board known as a recruiting ground for white nationalists said joshua uh a researcher who studies online communities and gen z culture Hmm. isn't that interesting Mm -hmm. that that's where we're at in this world that people research yeah yeah. Oh, real quick. So speaking yeah. of 4chan. Yeah. QAnon, that whole QAnon conspiracy theory. Is it from there? It began started? on 4chan. Oh. Yeah. The okay. dark side of the internet. The dark side of the internet. So it says, while not everyone on um, 4chan harbors far right views, they tend to dominate discussions on many of the other boards. While Bianca, um, so, such as one that Bianca had frequented, it's, I guess, called R9K. Okay. It says the the far right propaganda that's on 4chan was kind of leaked into R R9K along with the uh, racism that really flourishes on that other board specifically. Yeah, so I agree, and it's actually well, not. No, it's not similar to Reddit. I shouldn't say that because that, that's not true. But I've yes, never been on it's, Reddit. It's either. one of those things of yes, 4chan is at its best a free speech open forum to post memes and dark humor posts and things of that nature but because of that it kind of has created this safe space for extremist views okay so it starts to become this thing where even in the most innocent areas of 4chan it seems that that those conspiracy theories kind of worm them themselves into okay even the most innocent and innocuous of conversations they, yeah that starts to become this yes influence yeah. yeah so r9k is a forum for posting original content so in practice however it's a bunch of loner type people hanging around talking about being depressed and why they're depressed um says shim who met bianca on discord in 2016 it is also like mainly a male It's a very male-dominated space. Yes. Yes. Which means that girls that are on the uh, R9K often garner large followings in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. So it says these girls tend to share similar characteristics. They're slender, round-eyed, and overly uh, overwhelmingly white with a fondness for cosplay and or Japanese or Korean-inspired fashion. Mm -hmm. So they're often... uh, And I didn't realize this. So this... This is where e-girls comes from. But it says, they are frequently referred to as e-girls, a term that describes an emo anime aesthetic and are uh, more often than not used basically in, like, sexualized content mm-hmm. context. Which I was like, I always wondered what an e-girl was. I just thought it was emo. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's like 2020 emo. Yeah. Like, not t- 2000. Four. Not, not not our when I was emo. It ain't it ain't your mama's emo. Yeah. 
So it says, perhaps above all else, however, the popular girls had two major things in common. They tend to struggle with mental illness and they tend to be very, very young. It basically said a lot of us get roped into it when we're 13, 14, said Bianca's online Mm. friend, Chloe, because we're so lonely in real life and have issues that prevent us from being socially fulfilled in other ways. We stay in these community and it's hard, like in these communities and it's hard for us to get out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, despite their young age, many of these girls attract older devotees or orbiters who worship younger girls, said Erica Rose. Yeah, which was one of Bianca's online friends who also frequented, like, the same forum as she did. Mm. It said they idolize them, and they become obsessed with them. Often, orbiters will send girls gifts, money, or drugs, usually expecting some form of attention, or at the very least, nude photos in return. Ugh, Which it's like don't virtual send your sugar nudes. daddies. Yeah, don't send your nudes to people unless... I mean, unless you got an OnlyFans, get, get your money. Yeah, girl, do you. But, like, do you think? I just... Don't just send a boy... It's so scary. Yeah. And, like, these girls... Are young. They're very young. Very, very young. And they're very... Impressionable. Yes. Thank you. So if the girl does anything that somehow deviates from an orbiter's uh, perception of her, the retaliation is dramatic, usually involving her nudes being leaked. Oh, gross. Yeah. Or it says being doxxed, but I don't understand what the word... I, I know what, what it means. Dox? Sorry. I know what that means. <laughs> what does that mean? So to dox somebody is to publicize their personal information name address telephone number so that way people can like actually personally attack them through those channels yes well uh and then it says so doxing means i'm sorry i just realized like how much of a dork i said so actually what that means (laughs) (laughs) so it says some girls um basically told um told uh ej who was writing this um that some orbiters had threatened them with violence or arriving at their homes unannounced. One girl told me that an orbiter called her, uh, called in a mass shooting threat to her school. Yeah. So for these young women being engaged in these communities is an ego boost, but it's also kind of self-harm. Not kind of. Yeah. It's yeah. Self-harm. So Bianca in particular was well known for engaging with her orbiters. She was too nice to ignore people like that, said Chloe. Even too nice sometimes. Bianca tended to shut, uh, leave doors open online that should have stayed uh, shut. Oof. So, I think originally in this article, and I mean, it's a fake name, so that's why I just named him John Doe. Mm-hmm. Um, the person that originally spoke to this person, they have asked for a fake name to be used because I believe... There's just legal things in regards to I'm sure. I'm sure. Especially since it's still fairly recent. Yeah. Makes sense. So an ex not named in the article. So we'll call him John Doe. So I changed it to John Doe because I was like, that's just the easiest. Uh, Says they met in early 2017 on 4chan's. It's SOC board. So sock board. So a forum for meetups and hookups. The guy said, I was fucking lonely and John was 18 to Bianca's 15. So he was legal. Shit. She's okay. unlegal. Okay. You know. And she was lonely too. Within a week, he says Bianca asked John to be her boyfriend. They dated on and off for the next two years. So in August 2017, Bianca ran away to Long Island where John lived. By mm. tracking Bianca's phone activity and enlisting the help of a private investigator, Kim was able to track her down. Kim says that Bianca found out that the police were looking for her. She attempted to run in front of a car, which led to her being instantly. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. 
they basically in, in, institutionalized. Dang. So it said uh, she was basically, um, which led her to being institutionalized at a mental health facility in Nassau County for five days. Mm-hmm. So according to Kim, Bianca's friends and John himself, uh, Bianca and John had a toxic relationship. John struggled with substance abuse and bipolar disorder, and the two uh, basically would feed off of each other. Mm. Um, She said um, she and Bianca's friends also accused John of stalking Bianca, attempting to access her social media accounts, and showing up at her door unannounced. Uh, John denies stalking her and says that Bianca gave him the passwords to her account. Jesus. So that winter, Bianca broke up with John after he accused her of messaging other guys. According to Bianca's online friends, he retaliated by sending people on Discord sexually explicit content featuring him and Bianca, who was 15 at the time it was shot, without oh, her consent. Oh, no. Yes. Was he arrested for that? Uh, he admits to posting the content, though he claims he thought Bianca was going to share it as well. Uh, so, wh- yeah. Uh, Bianca showed screenshots uh, to her mother, and the two reported John to the police. Good. Later, after John threatened suicide, Bianca refused to cooperate with the investigation. She said she wasn't making decisions that make, made sense, Kim says. Mm. So, despite John's actions, Bianca kept running away to him, uh, with him. According to um, the police, Kim filed at least three missing persons reports for her daughter between August 2017 and in June 2018. Wow. When asked why Bianca kept returning to him, John uh, says simply, she was very lonely and she didn't really have anybody at the time. I was like the only option, lesser of two evils. She could be alone or be with me. Or at home with her mother (laughs) and with her friends or dot, 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 anybody else other than you, abuser. Sorry. So around this time, Kim says Bianca told uh, one of her mental health counselors that she had fantasized about going to a parking garage and jumping off the roof, which basically made her be placed in Pinefield, um, a a psychiatric facility in uh, Utica for a month. Wow. By all accounts, Bianca enjoyed her time in Pinefield. Her family brought her pizza and wings. She was considered uh, popular within the facility. She said, um, she actually said, this is the first time in years that I felt like I have friends. Wow. Yeah, so Kim says, uh, so her mom. But not long after Bianca was released, she left home to be with John again. Poor thing. Yeah. So unable to keep her daughter from running away, Kim placed Bianca on a person's in need of uh, supervision hold, which Mm -hmm. I didn't know about this. Mm -hmm. And it says, with the judge ordering her to wear an ankle monitor and being placed on house arrest. Wow. So in June 2018, uh, she violated the order uh, by cutting off her ankle monitor and running away again. So, shit. Yeah. So by October 2018, uh, Bianca was moved to St. Anne um, Institute. It's basically a residential uh, placement facility in Albany. Mm -hmm. Um, All told, she spent most of 2018 away from her family. Kim says the St. Anne was the best thing that ever happened to Bianca. She found a counselor she liked. She started to... um, she started a type of uh, behavioral therapy aimed to reduce uh, suicidal intention and uh, self-destructive behaviors. And Bianca seemed to, like, feel the same way. Hmm. So in February 2019, Bianca came home, returning uh, to Proctor and ultimately graduating from high school. By all accounts, including her own, Bianca's health um, had improved. So she was looking forward to college and uh, eventually wanted to transfer to school in New York City. Okay. So Bianca had also uh, reconnected with many of her friends, including her ex-boyfriend, Ward, 
Uh, Kim says they were inseparable, and Ward says he spoke to her almost every day. He had dated a few people since he and Bianca had split. Um, he says, but they weren't anything special compared to her. Oh, Yeah. So after a year, um, so about a year before her daughter's death, while Bianca was in the throes of her depression, uh, Kim gave Bianca a card, which Kim uh, found in her room after she had um, passed. So on the card, Kim wrote, if you can't hang on for you, hang on for me. Ugh. Which I'm going to fucking cry. Because uh, I, like, I started reading this last night as I was like editing this and it made me so sad. She said, if that's the only reason, uh, if that's the only thing keeping you alive, let me be your reason to live because I can't live without you. Ugh. So Bianca had promised to keep hanging on, to keep fighting, and it was starting to seem like she'd make it, like everything was okay. I'm crying. <laughs> it makes you sad. It, it, it's very sad. Yeah. Yes. So basically, she said she had fought for her for so many years and for so long. And then finally, they were coming out on the other end. And then she says, he took her from us. Oh, uh, in the spring of 2019, Bianca met Brandon Clark on social media, a 21-year-old from the Syracuse area, a little less mm. than an hour from uh, Utica. Mm. So Clark was uh, fond of fitness, gaming, and anime. But he also had a violent and traumatic past. When he was 12, his father held his mother hostage at knife point for 10 hours because he believed she was cheating on him. The incident led to his father serving time in prison. According to Clark's mother, after uh, she was later arrested on unrelated charge uh, charges, he was placed in foster care. So as a child, Clark was nerdy, polite. And um, so there's this. There's this person named Joe. It's not his real name. Okay. But he is friends. He's like a childhood friend of um, Clark. It. He says he was also obsessive. According to uh, Joe, who asked to remain anonymous, fixating on Pokemon or whatever caught his eye. Still, he says Clark was um, relatively normal, but that the two were close until he learned that Clark had developed an obsession with Lolicon. Which is, I guess, Japanese manga featuring young girls. And he was texting with a 12-year-old when he was 16. <gasps> Which, let's talk about... I know that's four years, but the mentality of, the of a 12-year-old and the, the mentality of a 16-year-old is right. completely different than a mentality of a 24-year-old and a 28-year-old. Agreed. Like, like, my boyfriend and I are four years apart. He's four years younger than me. Yeah. But I'm also 37 and he's 33. So according to screen grabs uh, shared with Rolling Stone, Joe and his friends confronted Clark about it. And uh, I guess his response was, trust me, you're all better off not being concerned with the shit I do or think of doing because you won't uh, like what you see. Clark wrote Ugh. back. So Joe says that's, he never spoke to Clark again after that. That's that's telling <clears throat> of gross behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So yet when uh, Kim... Uh, Bianca's mom met Clark. She found him charming and polite, and he even opened up to Kim, telling him, um, telling her how he spent his childhood uh, pinballing through foster care system. So when Bianca told her mother that she she was going with Clark to a Nicole Dollinganger uh, concert at, I feel like y'all will be able to say this, Transpicos. It's a small venue in Queens. Sure. Okay. Okay. We'll go with Transpicos. That sounds good. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Kim said um, she saw no reason to say no, providing that Clark would drop Bianca off as soon as they got back to Utica. 
Hmm. Uh, Bianca was thrilled. This was her first concert she had been given permission to attend by herself. Which, do you remember, like, when your parents would drop you off and you'd go to your first concert by yourself? Yes, the Baxter Boys at Nassau Coliseum in the year 2000. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I do remember that. Actually, no, I think it was earlier than that, but yes. I do remember how exciting that used to be. Like, my mom used to take me... One of the local skate parks had a, uh, like, a crappy little music venue in the back and all these local bands would play and my mom would like drop us off at the other side of the skate park so nobody could see us walk over and we thought that we were so cool mm-hmm. and she'd be like all right meet me back here after so it's just it's exciting because you feel like you feel like a big kid yeah yeah so by all accounts bianca had been extremely clear with clark about the nature of their relationship the one thing that struck her as slightly odd kim said is that Clark occasionally referred to himself as Bianca's boyfriend, which Bianca mm. had told him, uh, told her he definitely was not. Hmm. She was 17 and getting ready for college. She didn't want a relationship. So Chloe, Bianca's friend, says that um, she had complained about Clark's creepy, obsessive messages, but no one saw this as particularly unusual. Mm. At the end of the day, Clark was just another orbiter, and it was far from uncommon with uh, within the community for orbiters to exhibit this type of persistent boundary crossing crossing behavior. But was it uncommon for these orbiters to be physically in their lives? My whole thing is is when it's online, I'm not saying it's okay when it's yeah, online and faceless, but when it's online there's that separation there. There's still there a little is, bit yeah. of a sense of safety. He was obviously in her life enough that he met her mother. He knew where she lived. They mm-hmm. went places together. Like, well, and supposedly, he, like, um, I was listening to another podcast today, and they were talking about, like, how her and her, her younger sister would hang out with him. Yeah. Like, so it's he like, wasn't they just were another like, yeah. orbiter. Like, yeah. I don't know. So, uh, but it said, Susma, uh, such messages, says Chloe, are very easy to ignore when you get so many of them. So now we're getting to the, the not so great part. Because everything up till now has been wonderful. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, just, it's been a joy. It's just, it's even worse. Okay. So July 14th, 2019. So at 6.03 a.m., a message was posted to Bianca's server on Discord. Which, what is Discord? Is that? Discord. Okay. Go ahead, Jovi. You can tell this one. Jovi. Basically, Discord can be used by gamers, uh, by people that belong to that site as communication you could be videoed you could just talk to another um for text example, text mm-hmm. it's it's like it's like a, a forum mm-hmm. but okay with audio and video mm-hmm. and you know i play world of warcraft so okay. i use discord when i do raids and dungeons with okay my fellow guild members it's easier to talk while you're playing bro no, it just got real don't, dorky in here don't feel dorky because <laughs> my whole family plays world of warcraft my dad okay. my brother and my mom all together it's a wonderful game i don't it's fun but my boyfriend's in the other room right now playing with his vr video games right now i was gonna say he only communicates via discord yeah. okay so like even Most him and his gamer yeah. friend like him and his pc gamer peeps like his crew okay even when they're not playing games they still use discord the app on their phone to yeah. communicate like that's oh, his okay. primary texting communication as their discord it's a communication okay communication forum yeah um, okay yeah but mm-hmm. a lot of and um when you did grimmy she was on discord wasn't she mm-hmm. did you say she was she on was discord? i think so yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it's just it's another platform 
Okay. Like there's people. Who there's are just, just so much famous. out there nowadays. There's so much out there. Mm-hmm. So much. It gets heavy from here. Okay. So at 6.03, a message was posted to Bianca's server on Discord. Sorry, fuckers. You're going to have to find somebody else to orbit. Uh, orbit. It says the message read along um, with a photo of a dark haired young woman with winged eyeliner, a black tank top, her throat brutally cut and her face splattered with blood. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, it says, I didn't have an immediate reaction. I thought it was literally gore, said Erica, Bianca's online friend. According to the screen grabs from the chat, someone did a reverse image search and asked where the photo was from. And the original poster responded, my fucking car. So over the next few hours, Bianca's friends uh, scrambled to figure out what was going on. Slowly, a portrait of the evening began. uh, The evening started to emerge. At the concert, Bianca and Clark had met up with a third person, a guy who went by the handle OIPU. We'll just call him O was the uh, longtime presence on the board. Him, Bianca had began um, had been part of the same online community, but friends believe uh, this marked the first time they had met. In screen, uh, screen grabs of the Discord uh, DMs with a friend, she gushes about him uh, that night in the schoolish girl, uh, school girlish terms. He smells so nice, LOL, she wrote. He's perfect. I'm in love. Which I'm going to be honest, like, at 17, when you're, like, have a crush on a oh, guy. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You, for you're sure. Just, like, he smells so nice. Yeah, for sure. I mean, still, at, like. I still, my heart still goes yeah. up better when I smell polo sport. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, polo sport. <laughs> yeah. Shit brings me right back to high school. <clears throat> so according to police, Bianca kissed um, O while Clark went to get rolling papers. Clark had apparently witnessed the kiss and um, no one had heard from Bianca since. Oh, oh Jesus, geez. Mary and Joseph. Okay. In Discord, uh, screen grabs from the morning, O says that Clark uh, was nasty and compatible. Um, and that Bianca had given him his first kiss. Because this kid was probably, like, j- probably just as young as she was. Yeah. Like. So at 7.21 a.m., an hour after Clark had posted the photo, calls began to pour into the uh, Utica Police Department from all over the country. Um, reporting that a disturbing picture of a female that was named Bianca Michelle Devins had been posted to Discord. The department also received calls from family members of Clark who had uh, found a rambling... Um, I guess missive, basically like a note that looked like a suicide note at his mm. aunt's house. Um, Clark had also posted alarming images and messages on his Instagram story, including an image of a woman's bloody arm with the caption, I'm sorry, Bianca, and changing his bio to show the current date as the day he died. Clark's mother tells uh, Rolling Stone that at some point during the night, he sent her a message over Facebook saying, I'm sorry, mom, mom I love you. So at 7.30 a.m., a 911 dispatcher received a call from Clark. He told her where he was located, Post Street, a dead-end road about a mile from where Bianca had gone to high school. So according to uh, Lieutenant Brian, Clark told the dispatcher he had committed a murder-suicide, that he was an organ donor before saying, I have to do the suicide part of the murder-suicide and hanging up. So according oh, my to, God. Yeah. So according to police, they arrived a few minutes later to find Clark laying on top of a green tarp, a small fire raging a few feet away where he had destroyed his laptop and hard drive. He had spray painted the words, may you never forget me on the ground. And he was live streaming to his Instagram followers. (gasps) Yeah, it doesn't get better. Oh, God. Like, it doesn't get better. 
I literally have chills. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, like, a lot of this has set into place a lot of the things that Instagram has begin, begun to do. If you haven't noticed, like, a lot of the changes in the way that mm-hmm. they... Yeah. It's because of, like, this, this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So Clark proceeded to cut his throat before taking a selfie, which he added to his Instagram story. Ashes to ashes, the caption read. Um, I don't think he anticipated it hurting as much as it did, said uh, investigator uh, Peter. He was rocking back and forth, fighting through the pain. One of the officers asked where Bianca was, and then he said, where the F do you think she... Well, where the fuck do you think she is, Clark shouted. Um, It was at that point the officer observed dark hair peeking out from beneath the tarp. Oh. Yeah. Clark survived his self-inflicted injuries... The next day when the doctor uh, doctors deemed him well enough to undergo questioning, um, Peter uh, visited him. Although police uh, could not reveal the details of his statements due to his upcoming trial, uh, Brian says he was very interested in what was on the television about the case. Let's put it that way. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Sorry. I just got real mad for a second. I mean, he's a piece of shit. Jesus. Um, so Peter speculates... That Clark's alleged crime, combined with the evidence he had posted on Discord and Instagram, sent the only message he wanted to convey. Mm -hmm. That he was not um, in the parlance of uh, his community, just another one of Bianca's uh, beta uh, beta orbiters, but that he was someone who was in control and who couldn't be fucked with. He wanted something from her, and when she couldn't or wouldn't give it to him, he had to send her and the rest of the world a message. Which he basically summarized, you can't do this to someone like me because this is what will happen to you. Yeah. So this is kind of where social media plays like a big part, too. Uh, Social media, uh, social media only added to the horror because the photos of Bianca's body had been posted on Discord. Yeah. R.I.P. The hashtag R.I.P. Bianca started trending on Twitter within hours of her death. Bianca's murder immediately became something of a canvas onto which people could uh, protect their own agendas. Rumors spread that Bianca was asexual, that she had mental illness, and that she was addicted to hard drugs. Which, none of this was true besides the fact that she had mm. mental illness. Suffered from mental illness, yeah. Yeah. Which she was, like, overcoming and... Right, exactly. Like... Yeah. So some used her killing as an opportunity to basically talk about the toxic masculinity and the misog- uh, misogamy of the 4chan uh, culture. Misogyny. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not good with words. It's okay. Not good. So others reported that she had been uh, decapitated, um, which was not true. Right. Yeah. No. Because that was like the one thing that I had originally heard. Right. When I heard this case was that she had been decapitated and she was not. Shit. Um, but Bianca was not decapitated and, um, basically they were saying that they had went through Bianca and, uh, Clark, um, Brandon's phone, Clark's phones, basically indicating that they had an intimate relationship, which I mean, I don't know when you're 17, uh, emotionally intimate does not mean physically intimate. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, that part I don't really know mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. So, um, as inf- uh, as misinformation about Bianca's uh, murder spread, so too did the photo that Clark had posted on Discord, which quickly made its way to Instagram. 
For days, it was impossible to search for Bianca's name or look at the hashtag uh, rest in peace Bianca without seeing it. At first, Instagram claimed that it was um, that it was doing everything in its power to scrub the photos from the platform, telling Royals uh, Rolling Stone that it had taken steps to prevent others from re-uploading the content. But Kim says the response was inadequate. They're overstating what they did and how fast um, they had it taken down. Mm. So in a statement, Instagram wrote, all of us at Instagram are shocked and saddened by uh, Bianca's tragic death. We're continuing our work to prevent this from happening again and are collaborating with a number of academic and research institutions to better detect harmful images and videos. So said for weeks, people on the Internet seem to take uh, sadistic pleasure in forcing members of Bianca's family to see the photo. So someone posted it in a comment underneath her mother's profile picture on uh, Facebook. Another person airdropped it to Bianca's stepmother while she was grocery shopping. Uh, Someone from 4chan even sent it to her mother with some other not so nice things that I'm not going to say. I don't fucking understand people that I don't understand that thought process. Mm-mm. How can you be that? I'm sorry. That's fucking evil. Mm-hmm. That's evil. Um, so Ward, Bianca's uh, former boyfriend, uh, says he still has nightmares about the photos. Sometimes mm. he starts daydreaming and catches it being the last thing that pops into his head. Yeah. Um, he dated one girl after Bianca's death, a relationship that quickly ended. He said, I'd lie down and cuddle and I'd be like, this just doesn't feel right because I know who I wanted to be next to me. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah. So in the media, many were quick to uh, attribute Bianca's death to the perils of meeting strangers on the Internet. No. So a narrative that her, her mother loathed. Yes, Bianca and Brandon met on the Internet, but it's 2019, she said. That's just how people meet. Yeah. It's, it's a completely different world yes. than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Jovi met her fiance on the internet. I met my boyfriend on the internet. Right. I mean, it's just, it's a fact of this day and age. The, it, That's it is, a shitty narrative. Yeah. It is what it... It's the dangers of meeting a person off the internet who happens to also be a fucking... I mean, you can depraved meet individual. you can meet the same person in the grocery store. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's I'm 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 saying it's what happens when yeah. you meet a person who's unhinged like that. Yeah. Whether you meet them online, you meet them at school, you meet them in the grocery store, this still was going to happen whether no matter how she met this person. Yeah. So, um but Bianca's online friends think that there's more than a grain of truth to the idea that the internet killed Bianca. Or at the least that the toxic, uh, toxicity of a specific internet community helped contribute to her death. Mm. For many girls in the community, particularly those who have seen the photo, when it was originally posted, Bianca's murder was a terrifying wake-up call. They viewed Clark's obsessive behavior as an extension of the general toxicity of orbiters taken to its logical conclusion. Hmm. We all have orbiters. We've all met guys that we've met online, and we've all met creeps. Absolute creeps, even guys who have threatened to kill us, is Erica. I was thinking this could have been me, this could have been any of us, but it was Bianca. So, just an update as to where we are, because mm-hmm. this did happen in 2019. So, Clark uh, pled guilty to second degree murder on July 29th, 2019. Uh, in December, while he was at uh, a correctional uh, facility, officials charged him with pr- um, promoting. 
uh, prison contraband after corrections officers uh, found him with a shiv. Uh-huh. Um, construction, uh, constructed out of a sharpened toothbrush in his cell. So on February 10th, 2020, before his trial, the accused changed his plea to guilty, facing potentially 25 years to life in prison. Devin's family um, expressed relief at his decision. Four days later, the video of Clark... Um, the video Clark took of Devin's was announced publicly against his wishes. Because I guess there was... Um, I guess there was a video also because she was sleeping in the backseat of the car and he had basically set up the video camera and went to his trunk and got the knife Mm. and then had woken her up and confronted her. Jesus. So he had also recorded that whole part of it also. So, uh, Devin's family, because you have to think if he doesn't plead guilty, they have to go through and like watch mm-hmm. and hear everything mm-hmm. over again. Uh, so four days later, the video Clark took of Devin's was announced pu- uh, publicly against his wishes. The video's ex- uh, existence significantly affects Clark's claims of blacking out and forgetting details of her yeah. death. Yeah. His sentencing was scheduled for um, April 7th, but was delayed because of COVID-19. Um, COVID. Yeah. So on June 2nd, he filed a notice to withdraw his guilty plea, claiming his lawyer had failed him. But the judge denied Clark's request, stating Good. that Clark had earlier expressed satisfaction with his legal rep- uh, mm-hmm. representation and had freely admitted during his plea that he had committed the murder. His yep. hearing took place on September 30th. And a written decision was drawn up on October 30th. He was sentenced. Uh, he was to be sentenced on December 8th, but this was adjourned. Which I don't know what that means. It, That's it was, just where it left out. Yeah, basically, like, it was put into recess indefinitely okay. until whenever they can reconvene. And then that's where it's kind of left off. So on September 21st, 2020, uh, Devin's family introduced Bianca's Law, the proposed uh, uh, legislation... Is that the correct word? Yes. Legislation? Yeah. Okay. Would require all social media platforms with more than uh, $10 million of revenue and over 100,000 monthly users to establish an office dedicated to identifying and removing violent um, content that violates the platform's uh, moderation standards. I think it should be... I think the threshold should be less. I think it should be smaller platforms should be held to that same standard. Yeah. But, I mean... To start. So it also says um, Assemblywoman uh, Mary Ann Buttonscone. Sure. Sounds yeah. delicious. And, uh, right? <laughs> you good? Sorry. Good? I was just taking, yes. Sorry. I mean, it's B-U-T-T-E-N-S-C-H-O-N. Buttonshone. Buttonshone. Yeah. That's how I read it. Yeah. So Assemblywoman Mary Ann Buttonshone and Senator Joseph Gr- uh, Griffo introduced a law which would uh, would create criminal and civil penalties for spreading an image of a crime victim with the intent of glorification or harassment. Devins also stated as um, Ev- Devins also stated a scholarship in Bianca's name for students pursuing um, psychology degrees because that's what she wanted to go to school for was psychology. Gotcha. So that is the story of Bianca Devins, and it's very sad, and it makes me want to cry. Jeez. And it's heavy. Yeah. And thank you, Rolling Stone. Thank you, a, uh, E.J. Dickinson, for writing that. Wow. Shit. I can't. 
I can't take credit for it. I didn't write it. I just, I read it. Oh, and it made me cry. Happened. So scary. Crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nikki, for telling us that story. You're I'm welcome. happy that I know it. I don't know if that's a weird thing to say, but I'm happy that I know You're it. You're happy to know who Bianca is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Gosh, it's just, that's a sad story. It is sad. And it it's sad not only because, I mean, she was murdered, but, I mean, she was... I mean, she went through all this mental health stuff, and she was coming back around, and to literally feel like her mom was, like, you know, getting her daughter back, and then... Yeah. You know. It's very sad. It's very sad. It makes me cry. Man, I'm oh sorry, man. guys. I just... I, I, bum, I bummered the room. I bummered, I bummered the room. I bummered the room. I'll make sure to bring it up. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up soon. Yeah. Maybe I'll find a funny... Thing yeah, to do, man. Well, hope you guys all enjoyed that one. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, dang, that was a great story. It's not a great story. It's an awful story. But I mean, I, just, I was gonna say, you know what I mean. Everybody who's listening knows exactly what the fuck I mean. I just hope people learn from this story. You know, yeah. what I mean? like it's sad that it happened, but I really hope that things get put into place to prevent this going forward. Like, I know they did her, uh, Bianca's Law or whatever, but I'm just saying, in in general, like, that shouldn't happen. That should have never even been a thought to do. Like, why? Why? I know. Well, and this is the thing. It's... Because I remember my very first relationship was very toxic, and it was very unhealthy, and I think a lot of girls kind of go through that because you don't know better mm-hmm. because nobody's ever really taught you and not saying that she didn't know but i mean sometimes no, you yeah. just don't see the signs right well it's like what we talked about and i mean and even if you view them as a friend you just kind of are like he's a friend but like they don't think but it's just like what we talked about in the second episode that we did of this podcast with emma walker you have a situation where in your 17-year-old, 16-year-old head, the everything that we see as adults as red flags, you're seeing as a sign of love. They're buying me stuff and sending me these things and doing this and they're possessive and they're calling me all the time and they're doing this, that, and the other because they love me. Or no. you're just, or they just don't... Like, with her, she, I don't think she was, like, picking up on the fact that that's not right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You see it in a completely different way. We see it as adults having experienced reality and being older and understanding truthfully what all that means. It, it, it's it's different for us to look yeah. back with that 2020 hindsight and say, yeah, there's a lot of red flags there. But didn't to make her, good decisions. Was, yeah, but to her, it's like, oh, he's just treating me nice and he's obsessed with me. Isn't that cute? Like, it's, I don't know. It's like, yeah. it can become. Well, because when you're that age too, like I, I've been there like, when guys like you or when guys are paying attention, you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, for cool. sure. For sure. Like, you feel I will good. never forget when I was a freshman in college. So I was just turned 18. I was a freshman in college. And there was a dude that lived in my same dorm building, but not on my floor. And he was in one of my classes. I had the biggest crush on him. Biggest crush on him. And it turned out that he, like, he fancied me as well. Ooh. 
And he used to like walk me back to my walk me back to the dorms after we would do class and da da da. And he was very sweet and I really liked him a lot and I was super digging on him. And then he became like then it got weird where he was like showing up outside of classrooms that I didn't have class with him and he was like just there. It was weird. And then one night <clears throat> or one morning I woke up to go to class and he had slipped a poem under the door. Ooh. And there was a line in the poem that said, um, something about he wishes that I would love him too. And it's like, cause if you love another, I'd rather be slain or something like that was like a line in this poem. And that's when I remember, I remember telling my roommate and I'm like, Oh my God. Like, and again, still, because I thought he was, bro. I used to write love notes to boys that I liked. And then like looking back, I'm like, Oh my God, God, I want to die. And my roommate is like, no, 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 no. I'm never leaving you alone with this person. And he actually wound up not coming back the second semester. So I like never really saw him again. But like it was, of course, now almost 40 year old Charlie is like, oh, shit, <laughs> that could have been really bad. But 18 year old Charlie was like, he, he thought I was pretty and he was obsessed with me. Isn't that romantic? It's not romantic. It takes you going to therapy to really just kind of like break down <sighs> some of those man. things. Maybe he didn't come back the second semester because he was arrested. I wouldn't doubt it, my friend. I wouldn't doubt it, my friend. So, yeah. So, anyway. um, Fantastic story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. I'm happy that I know about Bianca. Um, I definitely think that I'm going to look into that one a little more, read more information on it, listen to podcasts about it. She's I, so she's so pretty. Yeah, I definitely want to look up more information about her and about that whole situation. So um, thank you all so much for listening. As uh, as always, we appreciate every single one of you. We love you guys so much. And we appreciate all of your uh, support and your uh, interaction with us on social media and, you know, um, go ahead and send us emails. If you guys have any questions, if you guys have questions for Nikki or myself, if you guys have, uh, questions about just who we are, or, you know, us as people, I guess. I don't know. Um, our email address is bedcrimestoriespod at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, Instagram and Twitter at bedcrimestories. Um, we might have a TikTok by now. If we do, we'll make sure that we send that information. You guys know, we've told you this before. We record way before these get posted. So uh, we might have a, pot, a TikTok by now. Future Charlie just doesn't know it yet or present Charlie doesn't know it yet. Um, but we will make sure that we share all of that information on our current social media. So that way you guys have all of that information on where to find us on TikTok. Um, find us on wherever you, you know, obviously wherever you guys are listening to this, like subscribe, leave comments. That's how we get more listeners. We have a link in our Instagram. Yes, we do. We have a link in our Instagram as to where you can find us and where you can listen to us. So if you guys do have any questions about where to listen, which is stupid to tell you, because obviously you're listening. So you know where to listen to us. But you can tell a friend by using that link and saying, hey, this is a link that you can use to listen to this podcast that I think is great. And it's in our bio on Instagram. So um, again, we appreciate you all. We love you all. Um, Hope you enjoyed the episode. We will talk to you next week. And until then, sweet sweet dreams. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0, creativecommons.org.
backslash licenses backslash buy backslash 3.0.